Hi, I'm Armand Olia, and I'm the host of Last Call. This is a Tripod production. Have you ever thought about what makes particular people interesting to you? Why, of all the faces you see and voices you hear every day, these are the ones that stand out most. Well, pull up a seat and have a round with me, your host and temporary bartender, Armand Olia. Welcome to Last Call. Now, normally I would start with a quotation here, or I would start with something that would begin the episode in summary. However, This isn't a normal episode, just like the last two weeks have not been normal weeks. We have gone through a very serious shift in our world, um, not just through the coronavirus, but also through Black Lives Matter and through the death of George Floyd, to which I'm happy to see the progress so far that has been made socially and politically. But this is not meant to be a statement. This is just meant to be a matter of fact. Season two of Last Call was seriously changed through events such as the coronavirus, my moving from Philadelphia to San Francisco, where much of the taping has taken place of this season. And this episode in particular is a very special episode because it will be my last as host of this show. Um, Starting in September, we're going to have a new host come on board. The new host um, has already been revealed on thetriangle.org. I'm not sure if he's going to be joining us for this finale. If he is, then wonderful. If not, then okay. I guess we'll see him in September. But with this episode, I normally love, well, in in general, I love talking about people's stories and I love talking about things that have gone on and people who have changed things. However, it's rare that I get to acknowledge a lot of the people behind the scenes, a lot of the people who really make this show what it is. And there are a lot of them. And I would normally start with a list of acknowledgments, but the one thing I want to go through is, first of all, um, my thanks to all of you for listening. But the one thing I always get asked is how a Last Call episode gets made. And so I'm going to walk you through the process from beginning to end. It's very, very simple. We start off um, with a list of people who I want to talk to or other people want to hear me talk to. And these, and this is really comes down to one factor, whether or not they're not just they're interesting to talk about, but also do they have something important to say that hasn't really been said yet? And from there, we've gotten people like Lexi Brooks, people like Hannah Krupa, people like Dr. Amy Edwards, people who have things to say, who have statements, who have stories to be told. And I'm proud to say that these guys really not only gave tremendous episodes, but they also they also enhanced my own personal experience. I know that's weird to say, very cliched to say, but they did, and it really changed me. So once we do that, we end up scheduling an interview, and then we get a photographer from the Triangle to come with us to get a photo for the shoot. We tape the interview. I edit it down. Normally the interviews are about 45 minutes long. The longest we ever had was an hour and a half, and that was with Roy. It was Roy Aguilar, which was our first episode. Then after we edited it down, I write the article, and I write the voiceovers for that show. Now, the voiceovers, and I really want to stress this, 
these are all words written by me, but they are not the final sequence. They're given to a woman named Sanju Romanathan, who is the chief copy editor for The Triangle and is someone who I think is like the real MVP of our program for one simple reason. She takes what I say and makes it sound good, at least in my perspective. I could be wrong. But I think um, after that process, I record the voiceovers, put it all together, then we write an article, put it together, I give it to our podcast editor, Jane Jeanette Ansa. Normally would have been gone straight to me and I would have done it myself. But I give it to Jane Jeanette, who then assembles it, makes sure, ensures that it's high quality, and then submits it. And that's the basic process of a last call episode. So this time I wanted to acknowledge the people behind the scenes. We normally acknowledge people in front of the camera. We don't really acknowledge people behind it. And so on this episode, which I'm going to be calling Behind the Bar, I'm going to be answering actually a few questions from the Triangle team. And then from there, um, yeah, that will be basically it. So I have a lot of questions and we don't have much time. So let's get started, shall we? So, ladies and gentlemen, let's start answering some questions. Now, keep in mind, all these questions were asked by Triangle staff members. So writers, editors, people who have been in podcasting, whoever, anyone was eligible to ask a question, and I would answer all of them on the show. So let us begin uh, with the first question from Stefan Kushmerik, who is our sports editor. If you had to live out your days in another era... Which would you choose and why? Um, well, first of all, to answer that question, I have to go back and say one thing. Even though it's a little controversial to say it nowadays, I am a huge fan of Woody Allen movies, especially of Midnight in Paris. And as much as I would love to live in this day and age, since the question asks if I had to live in another era, I would probably pick... Maybe 1920s, 1930s was a very intellectual time. And I always love learning things and I always love getting my mind stimulated. So to be amongst people like uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald, Gertrude Stein, uh, Salvador Dali, Ernest Hemingway, uh, like a lot of these amazing, brilliant writers and minds, that'd be so amazing to do that. And yeah, I don't drink, but I don't think they'll judge me for not drinking. If they do, then... Okay, no big deal. <laughs> anyway, um, next question comes from our editor-in-chief, Ben Ahrens. If you could be any animal in the world, what animal would you be and why? Well, this is technically not an animal because it doesn't exist, but I've always found that the dragon somehow pops up in my life somehow, some way. Um, when I moved to Hong Kong when I was nine, of course, Hong Kong is near China, which is the land of the dragon. And then I w my high school was the Dragon Flies. I know, different animal. I was in Dragon House. And then I come to Drexel, which is the Drexel Dragon. So like, okay, spirit animal might be a dragon. But what animal? I've always found that I've been sort of an elephant. I'm large, but I am gentle for the most part. And I also, I also don't forget many things. You know, I also, I'm a very... I, I like to think I'm an elephant in many, many ways. So yeah, that would be my answer, an elephant. From one half of the of the Mark and Jair Explained Sports broadcast team from Jair Brooks Davis, what was your first taste into getting into sports? Well, I've always been a sports fan. 
from a very, very young age, I've always been a sports fan. I mean, of course, I'm from an Iranian family, so soccer is our major sport, or should I say football, for all of our non-American viewers. Uh, I'm, I always love watching the World Cup when it comes on. I'm a huge tennis fan. I watch Australian Open, U.S. Open, Wimbledon, um, French Open, everything. I, I, I love I love tennis. I play tennis as well. I'm a sort of a fan of golf, but not really. I'm sort of sort of iffy on that. I'm a Pittsburgh sports fan all the way because I was born there. So Steelers, Penguins, Pirates. I'm also a San Francisco Giants fan. I'm a Golden State Warriors fan because Pittsburgh doesn't Pittsburgh doesn't have a basketball team. But I got into sports very, 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 very early. I mean, my mom wasn't necessarily a sports person. But my uncles, um, especially my eldest uncle, who's almost become like my second father since the passing of my own father, he would take me to some sports games. He would really open me up to all these players. I remember even going to Fenway Park with him and his son, who's almost like my brother. So I do call him my brother. With, with him, with him and my brother went to a Red Sox game against Oakland, and I remember. Um, the final score, if I remember correctly, was like eight to one, and we only had one home run uh, in Boston. But I got to sit in Fenway Park. It was so hot, eighty degrees, um, plastic seats. So I had my shirt off as like a nine year, it's like an eight year old at the game. It was so embarrassing. Kept drinking bottle after bottle of water. My uncle and I, we still laugh at that. It's pretty funny. To this day, I think he's according to him, he told me that like. I'm the only person he talks about with sports because I can actually keep up with him for some reason. Uh, I don't know. It's just it's just what it is. Anyway, uh, to answer your question, my first taste in getting into sports was not just watching but also through competition. But I got into it very young, and I've always been a sports fan. Anyway, uh, from another one from Ben Aarons, who's the editor-in-chief, what's the funniest thing that's happened to you recently? Uh, probably getting recognized uh, at the DAC. By I don't know who this person was, so whoever this person was, thank you. You did make my day. It was just really random and really funny, especially since I was on a call with my mother at the time. And she didn't realize what was happening until I told her. And she's like, oh, wow. By the way, it was also on her birthday. So, yeah, that, that was for me the funniest thing to happen recently was to get recognized randomly and to have my picture taken. Because it's like, okay, like that that's pretty – that's a little egotistical of me to say, but I think it's still cool. Anyway, uh, next question from, oh, from Sanju, who is our chief copy editor and the chief copy editor, especially for this show. What's one thing that quarantine has given you the chance to start doing? Well, it's given me the chance to learn skills that I would never have learned otherwise. Since I came to San Francisco during the quarantine, I have practiced for a few things. I've been working on a few projects, but I've also learned um, a lot of things about manual labor, about plumbing. I've learned how to break down crates. I've been being paid to do that. It's really, it's amazing sort of the weird things you learn during quarantine that makes it so much fun. So yeah, that's the one thing it's given me a chance to start doing is just to learn things that I wouldn't have learned otherwise. Uh, again from Ben, uh, what's your go-to order at your favorite hometown restaurant? Now, I don't have a favorite hometown restaurant because all the restaurants in San Francisco are great. However... I am known to dive into a little ramen bar on Kearney Street in uh, in San Francisco called the Ramen Underground. I get it's spicy miso ramen, which is so perfect when you have a cold. You get spicy miso ramen and a glass of ice water. Oh my god, it's so good. 
probably the, some of the best ramen, probably second best ramen in the city of San Francisco. That, uh, definitely the best you can get outside of Japantown. Um, so yeah, that's sort of my go-to order. Not my favorite restaurant. There's no such thing really as a favorite restaurant. There are, there's a good Iranian restaurant not too far from my house, and I get a fair amount from there. But in terms of one order, I would go with Ramen Underground. So yeah, that, that's my go-to order. Favorite song at the moment, again from Ben Aarons. Um, good question. I am a music fan. I'm a music freak, and everyone in the Triangle who's seen me knows this. Uh, I have a very eclectic taste. But definitely the one song that sort of piqued my attention at the moment, it's just, it's really obscure. People don't realize I'm a bit of a rap fan, especially of Eminem. And his most recent album, Music Be Murdered By, is one of my favorite albums that came out. And honestly, it's probably one of his best albums. There's a song, I think it's the sixth track, it's the track right before Godzilla. It's called In Too Deep. I love the beat. I love the general chorus. It's just, it's such a great song. And it just, it doesn't, it always manages to get me pumping, you know? Uh, unfortunately, just on a side note, it's a sad thing that the only song about stepdads is about is in that album. And it's just so negative. Um, listen to the album; you'll see what I mean. Anyway, um, okay, I'm I'm going a little off, so let's go. Next question again from Ben. Could you tell your audience a little bit about your background and how you came to be a member of the Triangle? Oh, absolutely, I will. Uh, was born in Pittsburgh in 1998. Um, lived there for nine years in a suburb called Upper Saint Clair which is outside of Pittsburgh technically, but is still a part of Pittsburgh. We're all natural-born Pittsburgh, natural-born Pittsburghers, so yeah. Lived there nine years, um, moved to Hong Kong, lived there nine years. Shout out to the Hong Kong Academy Dragonflies. You know, I'm forever alum there, and I love that school. And then the thing is that when I was at HK, we didn't really study journalism. We had probably like one or two units of that in English, but that wasn't really... Um, something that we had. We didn't have like a school newspaper at the time. We didn't have any of those opportunities. So I came to the Triangle thanks to Annie Haftel, who was the recruiter at the time. She would also later become, I believe, the boss over at Maya Literary Magazine. Anyway, she was the recruiter at the time. I came in undeclared, and I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with the concept of journalism. I was a, a writer and I just didn't know what I was going to write about, but then I just found this, and I knew that was what I was going to do for the rest of my life. So that's how I came to be a member, was just through sheer happenstance. Anyway, next question. From Ethan Herman, who's our news editor. When was the first time you were truly proud of a piece of work you had done for the Triangle? Ooh. My God, good question. Good question. I've done over 50 articles for the triangle throughout my time there and uh, this is going to be a tough one first time i was truly proud of an article i think i'm only proud when an article creates change and i remember i did an article about the promise zone at, at the end of my first year for the triangle and it ended up creating some level of change i forgot what it was uh, I was proud then, and I'm I'm proud with every article I put out that's really about social change and sort of opening people up to certain facts and giving people certain perspectives they wouldn't have had otherwise. I'm honestly 
I'm not proud of, of, of one single piece of work. That would just be very wrong of me to say. I'm proud of the general body and what it has done to help people if it has helped people. I, I hope it has anyway. So yeah, that is – I can't say that there's no first time that I've been proud. I'm always proud when a piece helps someone. So I, I can't point at one piece and go, aha, that's the first time. But yeah. Ben Aarons, editor-in-chief, what is your process in finding guests to interview or have on the show? I already talked about that at the beginning, but I will go through that again. The way I did it was that I wanted to find people who I felt were interesting to have on the show, who I knew I could have a conversation with, and those who really could contribute a lot. Now, I'll I'll tell you what. When the first show came on, there were pranksters. I forgot who they were that they – um, they were just getting a lot of views, but they weren't necessarily bringing anything to the table. And our editor-in-chief at the time joked about it and said, hey, why don't you invite them on the last call? I said, okay, I'll do that if you can answer me one question. He asked, what is it? I said, what value will they bring besides just being a draw for people to come on? Like what of intellectual or thought value can they bring? And he had nothing to say. I said, exactly. That – we don't want to just do make it entertainment. We want to make it entertaining, yeah, but that's not the main thing. It's just talking about people who, well, people who are just, you know, the, the, you learn a lot from them. And they have a unique thing to talk about, and they have a very unique story to tell. I think that's partially what makes this so successful. So, yeah, that's my process. It's just looking for those people. It's very difficult to find, but when you find it, Beautiful. Again, from Ben Ahrens, um, what are some of your favorite moments while hosting Last Call? Some of my favorite moments, I think, are the ones that aren't necessarily planned and the ones that we just laugh about. So there's um, something from Roy Aguilar and I. We talked about uh, political impersonations and we made fun of Donald Trump. We made fun of Bill Clinton, President Obama. And he, by the way, is a master impersonator. I mean, he's a great writer, a great person. He has so many things to talk about, but just that moment cracked me up so much. It just It's always the unplanned moments on Last Call that I'm always a fan of. So Ariel Kamen's interview, she did a lot of illustrating and just watching her explain while doing that or like even getting news about Trump's impeachment on my watch at the time and just getting beeped and like, oh God, this isn't fun. So like during those, during the taping, there were a lot of fun things that happened that we had to cut out, unfortunately, but Otherwise, that, that was just th- – th- those were the moments that I love. I love the unexpected because when everything's expected, it's boring. You know, no one wants everything to go as planned because then nothing really interesting would happen. It would just be another boring, boring, boring thing. So yeah, that's just how it is. From the editor-in-chief again, do you have any piece of advice for the upcoming host of Last Call? Yes. Don't listen to the editor-in-chief. No, okay. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Actually, in part, I'm kidding. But the main thing I'm going to say is that you need to remain passionate and you need to remain focused and clear on what the message is. That's the main piece of advice. And I say, like, in wrapped up summary for that, like, don't listen to the other in chief because there is a story of how this is. And I know there's some people who are going to be listening who know the full story. I'm going to give a summarized version. Um, so... Many years ago, I got into an argument with our opinion editor at the time over something extremely petty on my part. And the fact that I even started that argument was just very stupid, Um, just on that level. 
anyway, one of the consequences was I got reported to the editor-in-chief at the time. People at the Triangle who know when this happened know exactly who I'm talking about, and I know some of the current editors know exactly who I'm talking about because I've told this story so many times. Anyway, um, he pulled me into his office, and he asked me why I got mad and why I got upset. And I explained to him, listen, you know, when you do something, you want when you put your name on it, you want it to be high quality. And I feel like when my name is on something and it doesn't really reflect what I'm doing, it's just not right. You know, like you, um, it's all about credibility, it's about respect, it's about recognition, it's also about, you know, putting out high quality stuff. And he, he stops me and goes, blah, 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 I'm going to stop you right there, Armand. You know, you're a staff writer, you're a sophomore, you know, you shouldn't care that much. I mean, I'm the editor-in-chief, I'm a senior, I don't even care. I really, really could have slapped him at that point because that was just... He's the editor-in-chief. He doesn't care. And that's just what bothered me. So he said, when he said stop caring, I did the exact opposite. And look where I ended up. It, it's, it's, the main thing is that you've got to care. If you don't care about something, you're not going to make it high quality. You're not going to give it the, the quality and the credit that it deserves. That's just what it is. You have to give it high quality. You have to make sure that it's something that's going to be utterly memorable. That is just how it is. That is my biggest piece of advice. Stay high quality, stay passionate. The second you lose the passion, get out of there because everyone's going to know. Everyone's going to realize it and no one's going to tune in. That's just how it is. Uh, from Ben Aarons, one more, like, I think it's like one more time. What is something that inspires you? Creation. That is what inspires me. The fact that we are, we have the ability to create and we have the ability to do things that no one has done before us. That's what inspires me. And what inspires me as well is that people change. I really, like, one of the things that bothers me about politics is, for example, you look at someone like Joe Biden or you look at someone like Hillary Clinton and everyone goes, oh, they were, like, they, they were anti-gay and Bernie Sanders wasn't always, la, 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 la. Yeah, okay, fine, fine. Yeah, Bernie Sanders may not have been always anti-gay. Like, he could have, he could, that something could have happened, Right. But the thing is, you have to remember that a lot of people were anti-gay until very, very, very recently. I didn't even, I wasn't even pro-gay when I was young. I, I, when I learned that people around me were gay, you know, I, I learned, oh, maybe being gay is not a bad thing. And I learned from that. If you were to judge my actions 10 years ago versus now, it just wouldn't make sense because I've changed since then. Joe Biden has probably changed since then. People change all the time. So we shouldn't necessarily always judge on past actions. Judge them by what they do in the present. If they don't change, then yeah, judge them by all means. Like they, you have full right to go after them, but don't judge people in the present. So what inspires me is that people can change and people can create. That is what inspires me. Uh, next question from the other half of Mark and Jerry explains sports from Mark Bud. By the way, at the time of this taping, Mark, happy birthday. Um, I'm glad that my final episode is taped on the day that you are born, which is amazing. Um, what are your career goals? I just want to be the best writer I can be. I want to be the best podcaster I can be. If best in the world, then yeah, wonderful. But that's not my objective at this time. It's just I want to be able to hold my head up high Look at myself in the mirror and think, okay, I did the best I could. Even if it's terrible, I at least know I did the best I could. And that's what, for me, what counts the most. So my career goals right now, none. I just will be happy to get a job. And I'll be happy to really contribute in any way I can. But you know what? We'll see. 
It is what it is. Finally, one more question, one final question from Ben Ahrens. What's coming up on the horizon and where are you headed next? My favorite three-word answer. I don't know. And you know what? If things change, well, whoever is hosting, you can always have me on and we can talk about it. But yeah, we'll see. So yeah, these were all the questions submitted to me by the Triangle staff. Uh, it's been an, a pleasure working with these guys. It's been an honor you know, doing everything that we have done together because no one man is an island, as paraphrased by, I believe, um, oh my God, who was it? Uh, Paul Simon. Yeah, it was Paul Simon. Yeah, it was paraphrased by Paul Simon. You know, no one is a rock. You know, no one is an island. Yeah. It's been an honor with, you know, with Sanju, with Ben, with Stefan, Jair, Mark, Ethan, Ben, you guys have all contributed heavily to the legacy of this show, to the legacy of Tripod for all the legacy of the Triangle. So I wish you guys all the best as we move on and we move forward. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are coming to the end of this episode of Last Call. It has been personally an honor and a thrill to host this show, to be the first podcast that Tripod ever produced. There are so many people that I want to thank for this experience. And I want to thank just for my experience in the Triangle in general as my time here comes to a close. Uh, first of all, to Annie Haftel, who was our recruitment manager at the time in 2016, who brought me into the organization in October of that year, a young freshman who had no journalism experience coming in and then learning throughout four years, you know, with some of the best people in the city of Philadelphia. I am so honored to have been that, to have been there to Alexander Jones, to Billy Bauer, to Gina Vitale, to Mike, Mike Avena, to Nick Camerata, to Ben Aarons. Thank you for being the editors in chief at the time and really teaching me the ropes to Maggie Federosco, Alex Nagy, Matt Brooks, Michaela Graff over at opinion. Thank you so much for, fostering my creativity and allowing me to sort of make opinion my home and allow me to sort of blossom into podcasts. Nick Camerata, thank you for giving me and Tripod a huge chance for that. I am eternally grateful. To Jane Jeanette Ansa, who is our current editor for Tripod, thank you so much for taking over this for me. You have no idea how much of a relief it is to know that this creation is in such amazing hands. To Mark Bud, Jair Brooks Davis, and Mark and Jair Explain Sports, which is the second podcast over at Tripod. Again, guys, you are amazing at what you do. You are the bee's knees, as I would love to say. And to the, to the audience, to everyone who's ever listened to an episode, you guys have no idea how much this means to me. Um, but yeah, it looks like we're coming to the, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I think someone's trying to join this show. I don't know why. I don't know how. But let me just check this out. Give me one second, guys. Let, let's see who this is. Hey, Ramon. Oh, my God. Hey, Brandon Martinez, the new host of Last Call. How are you doing, man? I'm doing really well, and I guess I am the new host. Who would have thought, right? Yeah, who would have thought, right? It's it's crazy. I, I can't believe that like this is the end for me. This is the new beginning for, for you. I'm so excited to see you take over in September. How are you feeling about it? 
I am really excited. I know it sounds like the end, but it's really just the beginning for you and for everybody else. Uh, it's a new beginning for you and your new chapter in your life and a new beginning for me as host of this podcast. So I couldn't be any more excited than I am right now. You are a very tough man. You have amazing experiences, which I cannot wait for this audience to hear about. I cannot wait for this audience to, you know, hear what you have to say, the people you have lined up. I'm, I mean, we, we've talked about what you were planning to bring to the table. I'm personally so excited and I cannot think of a more deserving person to pass this show off to. I really can't. Well, man, it feels great just to have your co-sign with it. I imagine it like P. Diddy and Biggie Smalls. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but keep in mind, um, one of them's already dead. <laughs> uh, well, we won't take it that far. Just, oh, hopefully just, uh, not. Hopefully not, because I don't want to be the one who, gets up, who ends up getting shot. <laughs> uh, neither do I. <laughs> neither do I. So, Brandon, considering now that you're going to be the new host in September, there's one last thing I have to do. You want to help me close it out? I would love to help you close it out. All right. So to the listeners, you can follow this podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Last Call Armon. That's Last Call, A-R-M-O-N, no spaces. Very soon, though, it will be at Last Call Brandon. That's at Last Call, B-R-A-N-D-O-N, no spaces, shall I say. Brandon, you want to take the rest? You can also follow The Triangle on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Drexel Triangle for more Drexel Triangle and Tripod content, as well as articles regarding the whole spectrum of Drexel information from news to entertainment. Don't forget to subscribe and rate Last Call on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And visit our website, www.thetriangle.org slash podcast for more Last Call content. So my personal thanks to composer Philip Chance for his work on the Last Call theme as well as the Tripod and Triangle team for the support and you, the listeners, for tuning in. I hope everyone has a pleasant quarter. I hope everyone has an amazing, amazing summer. We hope that you join Brandon and answer the call. And for me, bar may be closed, but for Brandon, we only just begun. I get one thing for you really quick though, Armand. Do you want to go grab a drink with me or something? Sure, why not? Hey there, it's Brandon and you're listening to The Last Call Podcast.